Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Now, as you know, I've been in a series this January. We called it My Fantastic Five. It's going to be up on the screen. Everyone say, My Fantastic Five. Such enthusiasm in this church, hey? And, uh, and we've done that. It's, it's, we're up to number four today. We've been through number one, two, and three, and I'll give you a quick recap. But this series has been kind of like five life-transformative habits for 2023, things that I've embraced in my life, goals, if you like, or you could say resolutions as we do at New Year's. But these resolutions are actually much deeper than that for me. They're deeper than just resolutions. These are commitments, These are things that I'm choosing to do in my life that I know is going to have an impact long-term in my life because I'm doing these things on a daily basis. And I hope that they'll have, uh, you know, help me not only thrive, but help you also to not just survive, but to thrive. So today, let me give you a quick recap over number one, two, and three, and then we'll get into number four. My fantastic five. Number one, read it with me. Make small, healthy, and wise choices every day. This goal was all about how the many small choices that we make throughout life, those things about our physical health, even down to things like the food we're eating and, and, the, and the exercise that we do, and just the caring for these bodies to make sure we're glorifying God as a temple of the Holy Spirit, making small wise choices in how we care for our health. Maybe it's all about how we care for our emotional health or our mental health or our financial health or our relational health. And I was showing you how that all these things work towards actually ultimately affecting our spiritual health because we're spiritual beings. And so we need to make small, healthy and wise choices in all these different areas. And we spoke a lot about how when we're being faithful with the little things, that God can trust us to be faithful with much more. And how when we start making small choices, they start to snowball and the effect of what we do now can have a long-term difference in our life as we make the wise choices in our life. And that was number one. We all remember that one? And then we moved into number two, which was refresh my soul every morning. And this is a commitment that I've made to nourish my soul and have hopefully a daily dose of Bible intake, meditating on the Bible and a prayer and praying that scripture into my life. And that's why the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And I added this little twist to that, and I said, don't just think about these things. Don't just fix your thoughts on these things at some point in the day. I said, do it in the morning. And we looked at what the psalmist had to say a lot about that and that we can have an intimacy with God first thing in the morning that will then go all throughout the day. And I've been really trying to do that. Has anyone else been trying to do that? A couple of people? Yeah. It would be fantastic if we could start to transition and have some time alone with God. Call it a TAWG, T-A-W-G. Time alone with God every single morning so you can fix your mind on him. Think about things of God in the morning. And I thought about, you know, as I was growing so much through doing this, and I want to keep growing in this, and I think it's just an amazing thing that I get to speak to God first thing in the morning. I get to speak to the King of Kings 
and the Lord of Lords, first thing in the morning. How about that? Yeah. I I don't call someone up. I don't get online and do anything else before I do. No, I go straight to the king, straight to the Lord, and I get to speak to him first. Now, what do you think that's going to do to my life if I start speaking to him first thing? And guess what? He starts speaking to me first thing too. What's that going to do to my life when I start hearing a word from the king, from the Lord, before I do and hear anybody else speaking into my life, trying to move my life around, trying to tell me where to go and what to do? No, I hear from the king because he's got something to say to me every morning. And that was number two. Number three, ready? What was it? My character, God's way. And this is what we talked about last week. If you remember, I spoke about my heart being transformed Transformed into what? To be more like Christ. To be shaped and formed to be more like Christ. That you wouldn't see Troy when you look at me, you would see Jesus. That you see Christ in me, the hope of glory. We know in Galatians it says, it's no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. And I want the world to see Christ in me. I know I can't do that alone. I've realized I can't do it alone. The Holy Spirit is the one who is partnering with me to make that happen. I can try, but I always seem to fail. Anyone else? I can try and become more like Christ, but I just can't produce that long-lasting fruit in my life that can really only come through the Holy Spirit. I can't grow that fruit in my life just in the power of Troy. That fruit goes bad, quick. The fruit I'm talking about is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. The the fruit of love and joy, peace, patience, kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. You know, that's the fruit that the Holy Spirit does. It says there, the, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit does it. I can't. And down there at the end it says, since we are living by the Spirit... Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So to form my character God's way, I need to follow the Spirit's leading. I need to live in the Spirit in every part of my life. I need to live by the Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Now that starts with the invisible qualities within my heart that no one except me knows about and giving the Holy Spirit control over these areas in my life. And I want you to set a goal. I want you to look deep within your heart right now and pray, God, pray, Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to allow the Holy Spirit access into the hidden areas of my heart and my life right now, today? And I want to ask you, let God change your life this year. Let God change your life. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to change your heart and your life and make you look more like Christ. But how do we do that? We let him speak into our soul and replenish our soul every morning by having some Bible intake and meditating on the word and praying it into being. And we do that because it's going to help us make small, wise, and healthy choices every day that's going to direct our life to be living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and living by His power. That's how we do it. Are you ready to move into number four? Number four. 
Read it with me. Wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. My goal when I say wherever you are, be all there, is about my engagement level. My engagement level. My focus. My being fully present with whatever I'm doing with my life at the time, with wherever I am at the time, with whoever I'm with at the time, whatever I'm doing at that time, wherever I'm going, whenever I'm doing something or with somebody, I am all there. I want you to really think about this today. I know that I need some help with this, and I've made this my fantastic five number four because I know I want to grow in this as one of my commitments for this year. I want to be all there wherever I am. Ask yourself, are you really present? Are you really present here right now? Are you really present here right now with us? Are you present with your kids? Are you present in your marriage? Are you present with your family? Are you present? This really is a goal. As I said, I want to grow and I want you to grow in this year and become more fully engaged than you have been before. Now, God showed me this. He showed me what he is like in this just recently. Wherever God is, he is fully there. Have you noticed that about God? He doesn't give kind of half-heartedly into anything that he does. God is a great example of this. He is fully invested into our lives, fully invested into our relationship with him, fully invested into our life at a deep level. Wherever God is, he is fully there, and we should be the same. God fully engages with people at a deep level, wherever he is. This past week, I've been replenishing my soul every morning and I've read through the book of Genesis and I'm halfway through Exodus. That's what I was doing this week. And God spoke to me about how present he is with his people. And I want to show you that this morning. I went through Genesis and I saw some amazing things about how engaged God is, how fully present. And he always was, he always is, and he still is with you today. For example, let's consider the very first relationship that God had with any human being. And that person was Adam in the Garden of Eden. Amen? Now, I think most people would picture it this way. Adam lived in the garden and God was up there in heaven somewhere and every now and then he might step down into the earth and spend a bit of time with Adam, but it wasn't like that at all, you see. The Bible is clear that God is omnipresent. That means that God is everywhere, all the time, where in the, by his spirit, his presence is with us all the time. It's not restricted. It's not restricted by locations. So in the Garden of Eden, God was with Adam. In a sense, they were hanging out together. God was right there. And when Adam was naming the animals, God was right there. God was fully engaged. When Adam was working, God was fully present. When Eve was created and Adam first saw Eve, God was right there. And Adam said, wow, nice job on the woman, God. I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> they were in conversation with each other. Adam and God were friends, especially after he made the woman, right? <laughs> what Adam did, he did with God. What Adam did, he did with God. Where Adam went, he went with God. 
God was present, Adam was present, they were fully present with each other. The problem came after the fall. The day they disobeyed God, God comes to the garden to walk with Adam as he always did. And this time Adam wasn't there and God calls out, Adam, where are you? And there's this rustling behind some plants and this timid voice answers God and says, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid, so I hid. But God wanted to be with Adam, but Adam didn't want to be with God. And God's heart was breaking because he wanted to be fully engaged in Adam's life like he always had been. But God doesn't want to give up on it because it's in God's heart that wherever he is, he is all there. And you see, God's great desire was to be with Adam. Everyone say, with Adam. And and even though the relationship had been violated because of Adam's and Eve's sins, their choices, God continued to want that relationship restored. So God worked with Adam's descendants. I was reading all through Genesis and and every, every every once in a while, one of them would get it right. For example, the Bible says um, of Enoch, Enoch walked with God. Say with. Say with. Yes, that's everyone. Say with. Enoch walked with God. He was fully engaged with God. Later, the Bible says about Noah. He says, and Noah walked what? With God. And again, fully present, fully focused on the Lord. They got it. And God was engaged with them. But the simple truth of the matter is that most people didn't want to be with God that way. Mostly they hid from God like Adam did because of their choices to live in sin. And not much has changed since then. Amen? But God kept wanting to be with the people, fully present and engaged in their lives, and he is all there, all the time, waiting and knocking, and he still is today on the door of your heart. Later on, when the people of Israel, they were led out of Egypt, the text says that the Lord was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, so the people would know that he was what? With them. Talk about full engagement that God had with the people. It's like God just keeps on saying, I want to be with you, fully present. I want to hang out with you in all of life. I want to be with you in the garden. I want to be with you in the flood. I want to be with you in the prison in slavery in Egypt. I want to be with you in the wilderness. I want to be with you in the promised land. I just want to be with you. And what about Moses? When Israel was in the wilderness, God God told them that they could go to the promised land. It says in Exodus 33, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go, what? With us. Do not send us out from here. He's saying, I'd rather stay in slavery with you than go to the promised land without you. How will anyone know that you are pleased with your people unless you go with us? In other words, Moses says, I'd rather be with you, Lord. Wherever he is, he is all there. And we need to live this way today. You need to ask yourself, are you with God? Are you, are you living with God? Is God living with you? This is my number four goal for the year. Wherever I am, I want to be fully there, 
just like God is. With whoever I'm with, I want to be fully present, just like God is. Whatever I'm doing, I want to be engaged. Wherever I'm serving him in the church, in the community, I want to be fully engaged. Whoever I'm with, visiting family, having dinner together with my kids, I want to be fully focused and engaged in that moment with what God has put before me. I want to grow in this area. I want to be like God in this. You know, God is so committed to the goal of being fully present. He wanted to be with his people so badly that he rolled out this incredible plan to actually be with us, literally, by making his way to earth in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. One night, in the middle of the night, God came to earth. He was born in a manger. This is full engagement, church. Do you remember the conversation the angel had with Joseph when he informed him about Mary's pregnancy? The angel said that Jesus would be called Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. His very name says exactly what I'm trying to communicate with us today. God is with us. And then again at the end of his ministry, 33 years later, Jesus confirmed it again when he said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age in Matthew 28, 20. There it is again, church. Wherever he is, he is with us. He is all there, fully engaged with his people, ever present. When you ask Jesus to be the leader of your life, the forgiver of your sins, He's saying, he's saying here that God sent his spirit to be with you always. Fully engaged always with you. Your body really is a temple of the Holy Spirit. His presence is with you always. Revelations 21.3 it says, now the dwelling of God is what? With human beings. And he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Something I've learned about God is that wherever he is, he is all there. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you became a Christian and invited his spirit to fill you, he did not give him half of his spirit to you. He gave his whole self to you. He gave his presence to you. You are filled with the Spirit of God. And now the question is, are you giving all of yourself back to him? Are you consecrating your life back to him and being fully engaged with him? That's a good question. The psalmist knew all about it. The psalmist wrote the most amazing words. When he said, you have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make a bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. David knew God was fully engaged with him at the deepest level, and he was fully engaged with God. You can hear it in the words. Do you agree? You can hear it in the words that he's writing here. And I want to be like that. I really want to be like that. And I want you to be like that. I want us to be a church just like this, fully engaged with God. And the Bible says that God's fully engaged, fully present with us. What exactly does it look like? How do we experience it? Well, the place where I want to know his presence deep, this place is a place of knowing his presence deeply in my mind and in my thoughts and in my feelings. My part here is to learn to continually focus my attention on God, to fix my mind on him, to think about him, to focus on him, to talk with him, to ask for his help, to tell him my plans, to pour out my heart to him. I complain to him about my problems, to come to him and give thanks, to give all my praise to him, my adoration and my worship to him. Do whatever it is I need to make his heart happy, to bless him, to worship and praise. If I boiled it all down into one sentence, how could I say it? How could I say to be fully engaged with God in this way, to be fully present? It would come from these words from Psalm 16, verse 8, which says, I have set the Lord always before me. Can you read that out loud with me? I have set the Lord always before me. Let's make that a life statement. Let's make this a life scripture, church. I have set the Lord always before me. I'm engaged with him always, fully engaged. I have set the Lord always before me. Grab a hold of that one, memorize it, and live like it. I'm believing for us as a church to be filled with people who have set the Lord always before them, a people who are fully engaged with God and centered on Jesus, present in our relationships, present in our fellowship, fully present, serving the Lord in the church and in our families, in our community, fully present, participating in the worship, fully focused on the Lord when we come into this place to give our hearts to him um, with, with, with passion and inspiration and energy and focus. We're fully engaged with God. I have set the Lord always before me. Let me invite the worship team up. If you guys could come at this time. Fully committed. Let's all stand together as we pray. And take a quiet moment. Maybe Belinda, you could play quietly there just for a minute. Let everyone have a time of just thinking, meditating on what I've shared. Just think about what all this means for you personally, wherever you are.
be all there? Have you been a little unfocused? Have you been a little bit distracted? Have you been a bit ad hoc here, there, everywhere? Never really focused and doing anything well, but so watered down because you're doing too many things that you can't do one thing really well. Focused on too many different things, you're not actually focused on anything. And the Lord gets put out because you haven't got even the time to focus on Him. It's a challenge. And just take this moment of quietly praying to, to God yourself just to refocus, realign. Say, Lord, I want to consecrate myself to you. I want to give you my heart and give you my soul and live for you alone. I want to be fully engaged again, refocused on you, be filled with your spirit today so that nothing else matters. Lord, I want, I want that, that scripture to be setting the Lord before me. Set the Lord before me. I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. I fix my eyes on you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you in this and guide you. And Lord, I pray we could leave this place making a, a deeper resolution, a new resolve. to be with you, fully engaged with you, fully centred on Jesus, fully present in our relationship with you, fully present in this fellowship, engaged with each other, welcoming the new people in, opening our arms, opening our hearts to say, yes, come on this journey with us. Let's be present and see what God is going to do. As I was watching, reading about the children of Israel and the journey that they went on together. They were fully devoted. Lord, I pray that we could all grow and be fully participating in the worship and fully focused on living in the kingdom life and fully committed, Lord, to connect with one another, to love each other, be lavished in love and to be unified and to build, to build prevailing people and to build a prevailing church and, Lord, fully active in preaching the gospel that you give us those opportunities because we're full of you, Lord, overflowing, Lord, with the Spirit, God, filled with the presence of God that this world so desperately needs, Lord. A people who have set the Lord always before us a people who have set the Lord always before us. Let's worship that God now in Jesus' name.